You cannot walk away from truth and it not affect others. Young man, you can never walk away from truth and have it not affect others. side of that coin is you cannot continue to walk in truth and have it not affect others. So whether you're not, whether you walk away from it, it's not just going to affect you. And if you walk in it, it's not going to only affect you. For your children and their children for a thousand generations, walk in truth. Genesis 2, 18, and the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. Thank the Lord for that. I will make him a helpmeet for him. And the Lord God, verse 21, caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God made had taken from man, he made a woman, and brought her under man. I heard a preacher once say that uh, the Lord could have told Adam if he wasn't happy with uh, the one that he made him. He said, you got 11 other ribs. He would just would take another rib out and try it again. <laughs> oh, well. Verse 20 of chapter 3, my last verse. Verse 20 of chapter 3. And Adam called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of of all living. Before we're seated, would you join me? I don't know if you understand what's going on in our Supreme Court now. You may have heard about the situations with the ruling that they're seemingly going to bring down uh, for Roe versus Wade, which is the, in a quick history civics lesson, it is the judgment which supposedly made abortion a right that is protected under the Constitution of the United States. And uh, f from all indications, the Supreme Court is primed to overturn that. And of course, uh, it is upheaval. Anything that political has done, it's upheaval. Uh, even adults act like kids and children. And uh, I'm not against voicing your your opinion I, I think we I, there's I'm not against that there's we have the right protected to do that peacefully but you know that the justices homes are being you know they're going down the road for a while and they're just all this upheaval and these justices are under tremendous pressure I commend uh, Justice Clarence Thomas for standing up and saying that the highest court cannot be bullied but I want I want you to join me in in praying for our nation, and for the direction of this nation. The Bible is clear. I think it's in there, Elder, that the, the nation whose God is the Lord, there's, there's something that is, there's a benefit there. There's a benefit there whose trust is in the Lord and who, a nation whose God is the Lord and uh, or, or whose Lord, whose God is the Lord. So I'm going to pray. We're going to pray for the direction of our nation, but we're going to pray not only for the Supreme Court justices, but we're going to pray for a continued direction which will 
strip the fallacy that it is anyone's right to kill another human being or to kill a baby in the womb. Can you join me and just pray just a little bit for, there is an attack on, there, listen, the attack on women is not what the media is saying it is. The attack on women is their rightful role that their creator made them to be. That's the attack on women. Would you join me? Lift your voices, lift your hands. Can we pray? Father, Lord, we do not put our trust in human government. It is only your peace and of your government that there will be no end. We know, Lord, you're the prince of peace. We know that you're the king of peace. You're the God of peace. And, but we are praying in the nation in which we live that you would strengthen our highest court to remain committed to overturning such a travesty of calling it a right to kill a baby in the womb. Father, we pray for the direction of our country. Lord, we know what the Word of God said. We know what's in all of Scripture. But, we, but we're looking through a glass darkly. And, and we don't see everything as clearly, as obviously, as you know it. So we do not know the whole role of the United States. We do not know the very specifics. But what we do know is we need you. We need godly principles to intervene not only in our nation, but God, get them back into our homes. Get it set in order in our homes. Let's get the thing turned right side up in our homes and let it go from there to our children and then from our children to their children. We're praying for the overall direction of our country in this time. And Father, I pray that you protect our ladies, protect our mothers, protect our women. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Thank you so much for standing so long. You know, Paul, in his writing to 1 Corinthians, he's speaking in 1 Corinthians 11 about divine order. He's speaking about uh, headship. And that's really all uh, the issue of, of women and men and hair and all that stuff. It's really, it's all about divine order. It's about divine order of creation. That's what Paul is establishing. And we must understand that divine order is divine order. And none of us have the right to turn it upside down. No one does. No matter how many votes you have, no matter how much you feel, no matter how much backing you have, no matter how bold you are. But, you know, uh, he, he speaks also there. and He, he makes a, in, in a couple of verses, he, without reading the King James Version, this is it in a nutshell. He says that women, woman came from a man. But every man from then on has come from a woman. Adam called Eve the mother of all living. There's a powerful principle there, ladies, how your role affects all living. There is a spiritual principle there, ladies, where your role affects all the living. One would argue, could argue, that since she was created last, she possibly, woman, would be God's crowning achievement. I find in Scripture where he always saves the best for last. It's throughout Scripture. It just keeps building to better, to better, to better. You take that whatever you want to take it as. All right? You can, listen, you can amen that without reversing divine order. 
This help me thing doesn't mean that, hey, listen, you're just supposed to stay down here and you're supposed to help me rise myself up. Now, when you look at the original Hebrew of that, there is a lot of equality in those things. As a matter of fact, Jesus was one of the first people ever to treat women as equal. When the woman in adultery, where was the man? Where was the man? Jesus began to begin to understand we're equal. We have an equal viewing in God, meaning whosoever will can come and drink of the water of life freely. Whosoever will can have a personal relationship with God. And you can amen that without upholding or upheavaling, if that's a word, the divine order of creation. Divine order of creation really is an attitude. It's really an attitude. Our attitude of submitting to Christ is our head. Christ's attitude of submitting to God is his head. And women submitting to the man as, his, as their head. It's really an attitude of our role. I know my role. I see where I'm at. I'm going to follow and fulfill my role. There's nothing taken away from that. An antichrist society with its narrative of confusion and delusion has in some circles been successful in demoting women from their God-ordained, heaven-created role of glory in the world. I rise in this pulpit today here to those that are under the sound of my voice, uh, to those who are traveling to be with their mothers, uh, wherever, they, wherever you might be, those online. We rise here to affirm that you mothers are women, not birthing people. You ever heard that statement yet? That's what they're calling, but they're taking off the pronouns of he's and the she's and the pro personal pronouns, all that confusion and all that, all that chaos and all that confusion. And it's no longer a mother, it's actually a birthing person because a woman can now identify as not a woman and still give birth. You, you mothers are women, not birthing people. Listen, folks. I'm not telling, we, we don't have to be bold. We can, with humility, stand on the word of God. But let me tell you something you're going to need in your corner. You are going to need a power that is beyond just your ability to stand on a political platform. You're going to need the power of God that comes behind you, around you, in front of you. For what we, otherwise, if we don't have the presence of God backing us up, we just become another political platform. Speaking enticing words of man's wisdom, who when you come up against somebody else, may be able to put the, form the argument a little bit better and make it sound better than you. But there is no substitute for demonstration of the Spirit of God that when he moves in... There's something palpable. There's something you cannot argue against the presence of God. I rise from here to this platform today to tell you that you mothers are women. You're not birthing people, and you are, the, you are a blessing from the highest himself. And no law that man will ever pass will supersede the law of God. No law. It doesn't matter how they do it. I would like to take just a few moments. I'm going to be brief today. I'd like to take just a few moments and quote from an article that I read, uh, which is entitled, Feminism and the Downplay of Women's Work. 
Uh, it is, it, I quote, if we want to create an equitable experience for women, we need to acknowledge the rearing of children as perhaps the most important responsibility of society. My mom, along with other members of my family, were strong women, and not one of them ever down, downplayed their role in what society has long deemed to be women's work. These women did not try to compete in a man's world because they knew that a woman's world was just as worthy of validation. Modern feminism, as women have come to interpret, has told us that we are not enough. You can't just be a mother. You also have to be an entrepreneur or a part-time customer service rep or a scholar, etc. And if you are a woman who juggles raising a family and holding a job, it's better not to be involved with anything having to do with children, lest you want to forego any real respect from society. That's what modern feminism teaches our late our women. We've spent decades trying to prove ourselves because we've been conditioned to believe that the masculine is the ideal and that true equality only comes when all women are treated like men. In a now viral Facebook post, there was a woman named Sarah Vogel uh, who shared a quote from an unknown author and then followed it up with some of her own commentary. Our generation is so busy trying to prove that women can do everything that men can do that women are losing their unique qualities that set us apart. The God-given femininity and unique way of our that our creator has designed us. Women aren't created to do everything a man can do. Women were created to do what man can't do. The author being unknown. Then she finished with her comments and said, the lioness does not try to be the lion. She embraces her role as the lioness. She's powerful, strong. She's nurturing. She does not mistake her meekness for weakness. The world needs more kind, compassionate, humble, faithful, preserving, confident, pure, tender-hearted women. And she finished by saying, let's be one of them. But in our society, some might, might say embracing traditional female roles will set you back. They might point to the likes of Gloria Steinem and all the early champions of feminism and how they fought to get us out of the kitchen and into the workplace. But whether you knew it or not, Gloria Steinem never had children and never understood the struggle that so many of you feel as you try to do right by your children. She never had to question whether her career would be ruined if she decided staying home would be best for her family. I could go on and on and on, except to tell you there are two voices in the world today. There is the voice of Christ, the Word of God, and then there is the voice of Antichrist, or the spirit of the world, or spirit of worldliness. I'm telling you ladies that to do a woman's work is demeaning and degrading. And I would tell you that because of misuse, even in the church, Taking out of context the word of God, we have even helped to, to, to trumpet that cause to make women feel inferior. But I'm rising to this pulpit to tell you, ladies, you are not inferior. You show me one thing that God messed up that he created. You show me one purpose that the divine creator ever laid out in, in, in all the plan of it and said, oh, I really botched that one up. No. 
he laid this whole thing out before he ever spoke anything into existence like an architect lays out the blueprint and he draws it all up and he looks it all over. Except architects miss some things every once in a while. But the Lord, he, in the beginning before anything ever was, that plan was laid out. That plan was laid out and God looked at it and he said, oh man, it is good. It is good. So now he's going to start creating and he's going to start making it according to everything that he already purposed. And he looked at it and said, it's good. It's very good. And I will do all that I have spoken. Uh, we, you and I, uh, he, he does through us both to will and to do his good pleasure. He's got, he's got this thing laid out. And nobody sitting under the sound of my voice has ever been made created inferior. And today being Mother's Day, we focus on our mothers. We focus on the ladies that are in this place. And I would say that I believe the Spirit of the Lord would speak to us today. I believe he would speak first to our mothers, but I believe also he's got a message for all of our ladies. You know, Mother's Day, we take the time to honor. We want to honor. We want to show respect. We want to talk about all the good things. We want to, we, good, great things are said about mothers on days and cards and the, people put it in words that we can and we, and, we, and we pay for those things and buy them in gifts and we set some time aside to, I hope, put the phones down. I hope, gentlemen, that you don't go watch the hockey game while, while you're spending time with mom. I hope you give her some undivided attention. She deserves it. But there are some of us in this building today. Let me start. I don't mean to start sour, but I'd rather start sour than end sour if I can. Not all of us had great moms. If you're sitting under the sound of my voice today and you didn't have one of those great moms, you didn't have one of those moms that you could testify about. You could say, yes, she was great, and yes, and all these things. But, but you are still remaining strong as a young lady. We commend you today. and we're, we, are, we, are, we have sympathies, and our, our, our heart goes out to you that this day doesn't bring you great memories. But you know what we ought to do? We ought to get our head out of the sand and understand that not everybody's uh, on the yellow brick road. Not everybody, when we celebrate these special days, can look at it and say, I got great memories of, of, of my mother. And if someone needs our help today, we need to be able to encourage them in this moment. Let me begin. I'd like to send, spend the rest of my time by uh, just encouraging our mothers with some exhortations. Many of them are biblical. Some of them are personal that mothers from all ages and cultures can relate. I'll start by addressing those mothers that were like the wife of Job who've had to bury a child, sometime, some of them long before they'd even begun to live. Some mothers under the sound of my voice have buried your children. Let me say that even before the last moment of your child's life was determined, God issued his grace to guide you and to strengthen you for as long as it took. To those women who have been told that you can't have children, Sarah, Rebecca, Elizabeth, that Shunammite woman of Elisha's day, their voices collectively rise out of this scripture right here, out of this word of God. They collectively rise to say that prayer and divine sovereignty can and has opened the womb. Somebody say amen. And I would say this, and if the Lord purposes it, purposes it. You're under the sound of my voice. And if the Lord, you've been told you can't have children, but if the Lord purposes it, there is no circumstance that is able to prevent him from giving you a child. My, my, my. I'd like to honor those mothers 
who are like Hannah, who were blessed with a miracle only to have to release the young man or the young lady and not be able to see him very often as they move away, sometimes with those grandchildren, to go and do the work of the Lord in another state or even in another country. I give honor to you. Hannah knows how you feel to have to release that child to do the work of God. To those mothers like Hagar, who all you seemingly did was be obedient, yet as turmoil ensues, by God's grace, you're able to endure. I personally would like to commend those mothers who in their teen years, due to an act of indiscretion, they found themselves pregnant. They endured the shame. They repented and rose up to take responsibility, to carry, to give birth, to provide for, and to raise that child in the face of some overwhelming challenges. And that does not glorify teen pregnancy. That glorifies somebody who made a mistake and said, I'm going to own up to it, but I am not going to abandon this child. I am going to rear this child to the best of my ability. It doesn't glorify those things. It just simply honors those who've had to come through that challenge. I will say this in my next statement. I have personal compassion, though, to those mothers who through the deceptiveness of sin and the pressures of a society that has glorified the abomination that have seen their children, their child lost to an abortion, who from immediately afterward they have lived with the guilt of their decision a never-ending cycle of asking forgiveness and everyday repenting, wish they could go back and find the courage to keep that baby. Let me say, if you're in that situation today, yes, God can forgive you. And yes, you can be forgiven. And let me dispel this measure. You don't have to forgive yourself. <clears throat> that is a world's idea who's turned away from God's forgiveness and has elevated their own forgiveness above God's. Once God has forgiven you, there is no higher level of pardon. When the world says you got to forgive yourself, that's a world who's turned away from God and has made themselves God. Somebody needs to hear this. They're telling you you got to learn to forgive yourself. Oh, no, you don't. You've got to learn to get it under the blood. And I'm here to tell you, if this has happened to you, I know that it's a part of our world, but if you made this decision, you can be forgiven. You can be forgiven. And I think we need to, if it's a brother or sister in the church, we need to welcome them home and say, you can be restored. You can get past this. God knows where you're at. My goodness, it's time that we begin to understand that we've got a world that's upside down. We've got people that are hurting and they're torn apart. We need the unadulterated move of the Spirit of God. We need compassion. We need grace. We need mercy. I love what one person said. We all want to, I'm going to just take a quick side road here. We all want to, we all want to sacrifice those imperfect lambs and keep the perfect lambs. But the problem is there's so few perfect lambs that if you sacrifice the imperfect lambs, you're not going to have a flock very long. There's only one who was ever perfect. His name's Jesus Christ, and you're not it. 
What I mean is, is there's going to be imperfection all around you. But we like to categorize it, well, mine was only this and mine was only that. There are people that are hurting and they're turned upside down. And I want you to know from this pastor, and I hope or I believe from this body as a whole, that you can be forgiven. You can be restored. You can come out of this. God can renew you. He can refresh you. He can save you. Otherwise, what are we doing here? I'm going to say one more thing. If that's not what we're about, then we are, we are part of the worst country club that ever was written. Because if we're not a... My, my, my. Can I minister just for a moment here? Because if we're not about the kingdom business, if we're not about the kingdom business, we miss the whole deal. My, 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 my. I don't know about you, but I only got so much time on the clock. Ooh, that works too. Anybody going to buy milk at the grocery store, you look at the date on the jug, or is that just me? Is it just me, or can I get a, I get a couple of amens, right? <laughs> Ooh, everything made has an expiration date. That'll preach. But I got news for you. Every one of you got an expiration date. Oh, I'll go even further. Even my ministry as a pastor in that role may expire before my breath leaves my body. So whatever God's gifted me to do, whatever God's ordained me to do, it's got an expiration date on it. And whether that's me stepping down the other side of the pulpit or whether that is the Lord coming in, in the clouds of glory uh, to take me out of rapture or whether that's me dying, there's an expiration date on this thing. We need to get ourselves, oh my goodness, uh, I feel a little bold. We need to get ourselves a little a little uh, kick in the backside, if I could say that. If that's too crude, please forgive me and get to the place where we understand we've got just a little time. We've only got a little time and we must be about our Father's business. And on this Mother's Day, our father's business is to edify our mothers. It is to lift up our women. It is to let them know that you've got a power with God that doesn't come anywhere else. Hmm. Well, I hope that was all right. I give honor to the single mothers whose child has a deadbeat dad that left you both to avoid his duty because he's well, a deadbeat dad. To those mothers that can relate to the Syrophoenician woman as you bombard the throne of God on behalf of your child that they might come to a place of deliverance. I tell you this, ask and keep asking and you will receive. Seek and keep seeking and you will find. Knock and keep knocking and it will be opened up unto you. The Bible speaks of those mothers like Shachabed who had to give up their child in hopes of them having a better life. That was the mother of Moses, by the way. And those mothers like Pharaoh's daughter who took up Moses and made a family through adoption, so to speak. And you've taken a child on that was not your own. We give honor to the Rebekahs who have children like Jacob and Esau who for whatever reason can't seem to get along. Yet still you do your best every holiday to hold out hope 
that there might become peace between them. The Bible applauds the mother-in-laws like Naomi, who with a meek and quiet spirit have shared your heart and faith with your daughter-in-laws. And perhaps the highest honor to those like Samson's mother who determined to follow the directive of God's word to its letter without argument because you believe that the law of the Lord is perfect. The Bible commends the Loises and the Eunices whose great faith and their life of commitment has produced modern-day Timothys who are pastors shepherding God's great people. The Bible gives comfort. I would give comfort today to those of you like Rachel's children who've had to bury their mom along the way and she can no longer be with you. I hope that her memory brings you joy today. Let me conclude. The Bible is full of exhortation and strength all across the board. If we'll live this truth, if we'll walk this truth, there is a power and an authority. I want to say to our ladies, there is no greater place for you to stand than in the center of God's will. And there is no greater power that you could have than the authority that you have by fulfilling your God-given role. The world is downplaying those things. But I'm here to tell you at the end of this, there will only be one champion who stands. There will be only one truth. There's only one peace and one government that shall never have an end. And that is the government of the law of the Lord. I'm here to tell you it is perfect, ladies. And you as mothers, you are perfect. Oh, oh really? Oh, really? I'm perfect. Thank you. Somebody told me the other day that somebody, oh, my sister said that she was standing the other day and, and Meryl came in and said, Julie, you're perfect. Or no, Meryl said that. To, Julie came in and said it to Meryl. said, Meryl, you're perfect. And he, I don't know if he got it recorded or not. He should, he should record that. But ladies, I'm telling you, the law of the Lord is perfect. No, 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 you ain't reached the perfection, but I'm here to tell somebody, God speaks things that are not as though they were. And I'm telling you that he has chosen you in Christ before the world ever was. He is, he is sanctifying us right now to make us into the image that he saw before you ever were. And then one day will bring us to the place of glorification where it will be finally completed. Listen, you've got to believe about yourself what the Word of God said about yourself. Turn off the media. Turn off this foolishness and this confusion telling women that you ought to, that you need to be like men. My Lord and my God, you do not need to be like a man. We've got enough of that mess in the world. Let me finish by finally saying this today. I'm telling you, there is a spirit of the Lord speaking in this building today, and if you will grab a hold of what the Spirit's got to say to you, you're going to walk out of here. You're going to walk out of here different than the way you came in. I believe the Bible has something to say to every woman today. 
Ephesians 6 and 12 said, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. I would like to finish, I'd like to bring this into a close by affirming to you, to you the tremendous power that your rejection, ladies, of the world's theology, as well as your submission to his divine order, I want to affirm to you what that affords the body of Christ. Mother of all living. Ladies, you and the body of Christ, you affect everything that goes on spiritually in this body. And that role is not diminished below a man's. God has given you an authority and a power. And by you following it, it affects the entirety of everything that goes on inside these four walls when we're gathered together in the spiritual body of Christ as we minister when we're apart from this place. I said this last year. I'll finish. I'll I'll reaffirm it again this year. In a battle or a firefight, I've heard people say, cover me, I'm going in. Cover me, I'm going in. It is a request for what's known as cover fire. It is designed to get the enemy suppressed. It is designed when the fire happens for the enemy to suppress himself, to get down. And a suppressed enemy that is forced down from firing their weapons, it allows the company to move forward to a new fighting position. Somebody hear me in the Holy Ghost. To a new fighting position. This is how allied forces advance when they're under fire. It cannot be seen with the naked eye, but right now in the invisible realm of the spirit, there is a firefight that's going on right this moment between the kingdoms of this world and the kingdom that is not of this world. I feel the spirit of David in in this house. I feel the spirit in this house. Is there not a cause? Lord, please, no. Please. If we will not recognize that there's a cause before there's a cause, then when you recognize the cause, it may be too late. The word of God is telling us there is a cause. It is happening right now. Young man, your mother has fought spiritual warfare by taking on her role and being in humbling, doing what she's doing, and you do not know only eternity will reveal what has been afforded to you, young man, because of the battle that your mother fought in the spirit by just simply fulfilling her role that God gave her. I wonder if we raise our, can we raise our hand just right here? Can we just can we can we just <laughs> ladies, you affect all living. You affect all living. You affect all living. <laughs> we do not know what's been afforded to us. It's happening right now. There is a cause. Because I believe the Spirit of the Lord 
is upon us. Just like David went before Goliath and said, you're going down. I am telling the kingdoms of this world, you're going down. I am telling the spirit of the, 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 the unbiblical spirit of feminism, you're going down. There is not a cause. Now, I cannot, con listen, I can, oh, I can, you cannot control what happens in the Congress of the United States, but every one of you ladies, you can control what happens within, right in your own heart. You can control this firefight as it pertains to your own home. Oh, I'm not making you the head of your home, but I'm telling you that you can control that atmosphere by fulfilling the will of God in your life. It is a biblical fact. But ladies, my face is set. I'm ready to go. As a man, I have myself been prepared. I prepare. My resolve is sure. My face is set. My weapon is in my hand and I am determined to advance. Stand with me. But ladies, I appeal to you. I appeal to you, ladies. We're ready to advance. We're ready to fight this warfare. We're ready to advance, but I'm appealing to you that we need something that is beyond us men. We need something in the spiritual realm. Brother, Brother Kelly, just come and play, play a little bit on the piano for me. That's all we'll need today. We have to have something, ladies, that's beyond us men. It's a benefit and a blessing that you alone can release into being. To every woman who would dare rise and stand against the perverse and the deceptive spirit of wilderness, who would with meekness display your God-given adornments and with obedience give yourself to what God has commanded and created for you to be, let me assure you, this is not a denominational standard. Oh, no, no, no. Nor is it an antiquated religious belief. No. Ladies, do you know what you're doing in your role? It's not an antiquated belief. It's not something that's thrown out of there. What it is, is it's spiritual cover fire. I don't know how many times my wife has went in with praying and just simply fulfilling her role that God gave her, that she has afforded me to advance my cause. telling you that in this house there is power to raise the dead. I'm telling you ladies that according to the word of God there is an authority that comes from the ladies, that comes from the mothers, that comes from the women of recognizing their God-giving role and embracing it with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and saying, Lord, 